That's coming forward to read scripture right now, and I want to share with you uh, some context of this passage. It comes from Ephesians. Ephesians, one of my favorite books of the Bible, is a, uh, is a book of encouragement. It is a, it's a book written uh, by, uh, it's always been ascribed to the Apostle Paul, and written uh, as a word to the church that was going to have to start moving forward after those who were with Jesus would be with them, because that generation was beginning to pass away. And so the letter is written to give instruction. How are you going to stay focused as you move forward into the, into the future? How are you going to keep the passion and the, and the direction of the ministry once we're no longer with you? So in Ephesians, you get a lot of affirmation, words of affirmation. You get some direction about how to live the faith. And in this passage, the Apostle Paul is reflecting his concern knowing that oftentimes when we launch on a journey, we may be headed this way, but once we get started, once we leave home, it becomes easy to sort of lose our focus, sort of be pulled one way or the other, and to really begin to weaken our resolve. And so he writes these words to encourage the church then and the church today to stay focused. As a result... We aren't supposed to be infants any longer who can be tossed and blown around by every wind that comes from teaching with deceitful scheming and the tricks people play to deliberately mislead others. Instead, by speaking the truth with love, let's grow in every way into Christ, who is the head. The whole body grows from him as it is joined and held together by all the supporting ligaments. The body makes itself grow in that it builds itself up with love as each one does its part. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us join together in a moment of prayer. Gracious and loving God, we give you thanks and praise for this moment to, to be together and to be together in this place. Uh, to have here is our clear focus, to be drawn closer to you, to hear the good word as it comes from you to feel your presence and your love and your grace and your compassion and mercy. So we ask you to help us, Lord, get out of the way ourselves. Uh, Let me get out of the way so your word would be revealed, not mine. Uh, Help us get out of our way from the distractions that our minds may wander to so your spirit will keep us brought back to that which we need for this day and for the days to come. We offer this time uh, ourselves All to your glory, in the name of Christ. Amen. This past week, uh, Tom Orsaka and the choir uh, called me up, or actually emailed me, and asked me if I would meet him for a critical, important moment of ministry. And um, I said, Tom, I'm glad to talk to you about that, but I don't have my phone with me. Uh, so when I get my phone, in fact, let me see you Sunday, and I'll have my phone, and we can get this scheduled. So in between services in the hallway outside my office, Tom and I were standing there on our phones. Why was I waiting for my phone? My calendar, right? I had to have my calendar because my calendar is one of my gods, right? I mean, the calendar tells me what to do, when to do it, and sort of organizes my entire day. So fortunately, Tom and I are now scheduled for this critical moment of ministry that we will share um, soon on your lake. Thank you very much for that, Tom. I'm grateful for that. Um, There are some things you want to make sure you make the calendar. 
And, uh, but, but do you understand what I mean, how the calendar drives your life? I get up in the morning, and I look at my calendar, you know, what am I supposed to do today? And my calendar tells me what I'm doing today. My calendar also then tells me what I can't go do today. I don't have time for that. You know, I'm, I'm busy. I don't have time to go with you to the park. I'm writing a sermon on family values. Would it leave me alone, you know? The calendars that we have on our schedules are critical to us. We have to be somewhat organized. We have to, we have to stay focused because there are important things in our life that we have to do. There's no question about that. But it just seemed to me pretty clear as I was walking around this past week, looking at people in this transitional time, moving out of summer into fall, particularly, if I can say this, to so you parents who have children, and, yes, grandparents who are involved in the lives of your grandchildren, you are driven by the calendars that are given to you. Wednesday night, when I was, in the afternoon, I was walking in the hallways here as kids and families were coming in, dropping off for choirs and other things. And all these parents were lined up in the, in the hall, grand hallway out there, stressed, looking at their calendars. They were already overwhelmed, Right? I mean, they've been hitting your calendar for how long to tell you when you need to get so-and-so to such-and-such? And the calendars completely take over our life. They have at times taken over my life. And one of the things I've learned that's odd about that is that once it's on the calendar, you don't take it off. Oh, no, it's a sacred book. You know, I've got to follow where this leads me. It's interesting that we allow this thing to drive us so much. Anyone else driven by your calendar? Even my father, who's 93 years old, is driven by his calendar because it tells him either when he's going golfing with his buddies, going to the doctor, going to church, or going to the funeral home. And so he has to check that calendar because he has a busy social life. It's interesting that we are allowed this to happen because we are the only creatures in all the universe, as far as we know, of course, who have a sense of the passing of time. We are the ones only who record that yesterday was yesterday and tomorrow's tomorrow. Our dogs never cared about what was happening tomorrow. None of my dogs died of a heart attack stressing over what they were going to. They lived in the moment. But the truth is, we are driven by this. And I was looking up about calendars, and I discovered that the calendar that we use is most directly correlated to a calendar that comes out of the medieval times in Europe. Now, of course, people have been marking time in one way or another throughout all of human history. But the medieval calendar was organized, not exactly as ours is, but somewhat like it, to organize society. And it was the responsibility of the monks to keep the calendar. It's an interesting, fascinating study that in, in monasteries throughout Europe, it's the monks who had these elaborate calendars that they would have, and it was by following their charts they would be able to tell folks what day it was and where they were in the year. So much is it tied to our calendar today, that's where we get some of the language we even still use, like for example, part of it was done through, obviously, astronomy and the celestial truth. And so one of the things we got was that the term dog days of summer 
comes from the fact that they organized it because it's the season of the year, and I have to look at this, where Canis Major as a constellation is prominent, medieval calendar. Also, because the church was keeping the calendar, they marked days when saints were recognized, all right? And if it was a day that was a saint's day, it was marked in red letters, which is where we get the term a red-letter day. See, you came to church and you learned something. But even then, they were driven by calendars. I find it interesting, though, that the calendar that we use was originally totally in the hands of the body of Christ. So let me ask you this. How much is your calendar today a reflection of your faith? Think about this week ahead. What's on your calendar? What of those events have its singular purpose to draw you closer to Jesus Christ or to do something for the sake of Jesus Christ? Let me be more specific. How many of you have on your calendar marked worship every Sunday? Some of you do. I'm impressed. I want to tell you what happened. This is a neat moment. At the 9 o'clock service, I confess. I'm a confessional sinner. I'll tell you when I... I didn't have Sunday morning worship in my calendar. But then I'm probably supposed to show up. So in between services, Colin from the uh, up here sent me an invitation to put worship on Sunday on my calendar. So now it's on my calendar. So I'm grateful I haven't received that. So I now will show up uh, next Sunday. But calendars can reflect our faith, at least reflect the priorities that sometimes make me stressed about my faith. We used to talk about that a checkbook was the best affirmation of what we truly believe. What we give to is what we reflect we value. I want to suggest that calendars are pretty much the same thing. What we have marked on our calendar tells folks, tells us, reminds us, what do we value right now? How much of your calendar really reflects the things that you value most in your life? What in your calendar for the week ahead is very clearly making sure that you're taking time for those significant relationships that you need to value. To spend time not just running kids around, but spending time with children. What in your calendar have you put in so that you can make sure, not just getting to worship on Sunday, but throughout the week you're taking time to be with the Lord? Even if all you did today was come out of this service and put in your calendar five or ten minutes every day for the next three weeks, time to spend with Jesus, five minutes, would that have a potential of impacting your life far beyond those minutes? I think so. See, the scripture from today is a warning to us. They knew, Paul knew, that the more the church moved out from where it was in that moment, it was going to find itself easily distracted. It was going to have more and more pulling at it and demanding of it. And soon it would be easy for the leaders of the church, for the church itself, to lose its focus and to be drawn to so many things. In Paul's words, to be tossed to and fro. Have you felt tossed to and fro lately by your calendars? Or by life? Paul says, don't be tossed to and fro. Instead, let's grow in every way into Christ. 
Let's take time to focus on the thing that we value the most. Because Paul knew this. All the things of our life that demand our time and our attention can easily take us away from this very singular truth. We are living in the overflowing of God's grace. We get tossed to and fro. We get stressed. We forget the fact that we are living in a time where we are being overwhelmed by the love of God's grace every day. Even the days that you're stressed, God's grace is pouring over you, over us. Is it not true that we've experienced that here in this place? Here in this place, we're experiencing the overflowing of God's grace, touching the lives of people individually and this community together. We sit in a place where right now it doesn't look anything like it looked a year ago, six months ago, three years ago. And yet, it has enough of the familiar to ground us and enough of the new to remind us that God's people always move forward. God's grace is overflowing in the spaces that we've created and the opportunities to touch people that have already happened that we couldn't have done a short time ago. But as much as this building deserves our celebration and praise to God, and it will have a lot of that next week, I want to share with you that my excitement is not only about God's grace overflowing on the building, but I want to celebrate the ministry that's happening and the way people's lives are being touched here in this place with us and with others. Right now in this ministry, in the last month, several things have happened which are sort of mind-blowing to me. The first of which is, is that we have made a very conscious decision to be an outward-focused church. Now, we as a body of Christ believe, value, and will continue to be committed to taking care of each other. There's something sacred in the Holy Family to be together, and when you have needs, we help carry those needs. When I have needs, you help carry my needs. We support each other. We celebrate with each other. That's critical, even to the baptismal vows, all the way through the death rites. We share to support each other. But the church was never intended simply to be a group of people who take care of themselves. The church was also called to be a agent, a mission of Jesus Christ going out into the world, making disciples and transforming the world for the sake of Jesus Christ. And so we have just recently begun an outreach ministry that is being guided by a group of laity who have said yes to an invitation to come together to say, how are we going to reach out to the community around us in significant ways, not for our own advantage or growth or be about us, but for us to be genuinely in the community caring for people. This group of people have began to meet only for about, I don't know, five, six weeks, something like that. And already, the energy in that room when they meet is is strong and powerful. And they're organized to soon go out into this community and have already started talking to teachers and social workers and, and the school administrators and politicians and business leaders going throughout the community, fundamentally asking two questions. What do you need and how can we help? That's it. We're going to unearth and we'll begin to discover soon an awful lot that we really can't take on all by ourselves. But by knowing those needs, maybe we can partner with others for the sake of helping improve the quality of life and the care of God's people in this community. We're going to be committed to continually asking those questions and then leading all of us to be part of the solution to the problems that are beyond the walls of this church. Is that that exciting? But then alongside of that, almost simultaneously, 
This has happened. Now, we've always had a very strong dependency on prayer in this congregation. We have a great prayer ministry that's been in position for a long time. You know the prayer list we have in the bulletin, the prayers that we do in worship. Laura meets weekly with those who come together to pray for all those people on the prayer list. That's always been an important part of who we are and what we do. But in addition to that, we believed it was important to come alongside and, and to make sure that everything we do in this church, everything we do in our ministry, is washed in prayer. So I went and said, and I invited two people, Mary Bauer and Christine Wyatt, to pull together some folks to help us focus on not only making sure our ministry is grounded in prayer, but also we're going to create opportunities for you to engage in prayer more frequently in your life so you can be blessed by the power of prayer. I asked Mary, is Christine here somewhere? Is Christine here? Where's Christine? Christine's in the back. Hi, Christine's in the back. Mary's right there. I asked Christine and Mary if they'd be willing to help lead this, and then I left the room. Because when Christine and Mary say they're going to do something, I just generally get out of the way. It's helped. And so I got this message yesterday. There are right now 41 people have said yes to an invitation to be part of this prayer ministry. That's not counting those who today are going to say yes right? And this prayer ministry is going to continue to wash everything we're doing in prayer to open up our hearts so that we're doing where God, we do what God, do what God is leading us to go do. In a matter of four weeks, we've completely found a way to reach out to the community to ask, what do you need and how can we help? And we're going to do it by the power of prayer. Is that not an amazing story of faith? And is it not also an outpouring of God's grace? Amen? That's where we're going in this ministry. Beyond that, we have a commitment to make sure that every person we contact can grow in their faith. Not according to some rigid guideline, but you have to grow in your faith this way, but as God leads them, as Christ works with them. And that everyone comes into faith in exactly the same way. Some people come into faith through uh, the body of Christ by coming to worship first. Others find other ways. The ushers are getting ready to walk in right now. Come on in. Come on in, ushers. Now listen, here's what I'm going to tell you. You're going to have to pay attention to me. The ushers are coming forward to hand out these catalogs. Come on, come on in, come on in, just come on in. Ignore them. They are the ushers. They will not hurt you. Let them hand out what they're going to hand out, but don't look at it yet, okay? Let's see if you do better than the 9 o'clock crowd. What they're handing out is a catalog of all the ministries, we hope, uh, that we are offering and supporting coming up in the next few months. But we're organizing it around these three words, learn, connect, and serve. Here it is. If you don't have time in your life to do anything else in the body of Christ, come worship, because we think that's most important. But if you have time to do something else, come learn something. What do you want to learn? I don't know anything about the Bible. Guess what? We have classes. We can teach you about the Bible. In fact, we even have short-term classes because you don't have time for long-term classes. So we'll do a four-week class on some portion of the Scripture. Look it up. You can come. Do you want to come learn how to fly fish? We can teach you that. Do you want to learn how to knit? We can teach you that. Do you want to learn something about church history or whatever it is? We offer opportunities for you to learn because for many of us, that's how we get started in our faith. But what if it's not learning? 
What if it's the fact that you need relationship with other people that's significant and meaningful? The world's a lonely place. And sometimes we need to stop to make time to be with other people and invite other people as an opportunity to come into the community. So connect. You're going to find a way to connect. How are you going to connect? Well, I don't know. Maybe you're going to come play jiggle belly basketball with Pastor Rick. Or maybe you're going to play volleyball. Or maybe pickleball. Or maybe, I don't know what you're going to do, but there are ways that you can connect. Maybe you're going to be part of the small group who's going to get together on Saturdays to watch in one house Michigan football and another house Michigan State football. Anybody want to volunteer their home? We'll start that ministry right now. The point is, we need community. We need to find places where we spend time with each other. Did you know, I just learned this this week, in Clarkston, 77 new families move in every month. Did you hear me? Got that from Welcome Wagon, and they know their stuff. 77 families. Do you know how many of those don't have friends in this community, don't have family, don't have a support system? Why can't we be their support system? I'm not here to make sure they join the church. Of course we want them to join the church, but that's not the point. I want to give them community because that's what matters. That's what they need. It's what you need. And what about service? Here's the point. They tell me that millennials love to serve. They want to do something. I think that's true of all ages. I've often found that I do better when I get out and go do something. If I'm having a bad day, the best thing that I can do is go make a pastoral visit. I get away from all the other nonsense and just go care for somebody. Man, that can change my soul. And you know we have mission opportunities happening all the time in this church. Come be part of one. you got a neighbor who's got a skill set. Invite them to come and be part of our mission with us. I don't care if they're Lutheran. We'll love them anyway. Or maybe it's service in the church, volunteerism. Maybe, did the ushers just serve you? Did these volunteers who don't get paid come in and help make your experience easier by giving you these catalogs? Give it up for the ushers. As well as the choir that's not being paid, as well as the people in the sound booth, as well as the folks giving you coffee. Volunteerism is critical in the life of this church, and there's nothing better to connect than by volunteering with others doing the service of the Lord. Learn, connect, serve. It's that simple. So now you can open your catalogs. Some of you were sneaking, but I didn't call you out. And you'll discover in there listing after listing after listing of opportunities where you can learn, connect, and serve. Here's the thing you need to know. I know this trick. My job is to get my thing in front of your calendar before someone else does, so you get it on your calendar and squeeze everything else out, right? I get that. So some of you are going to say, oh, my calendar is all full in September. That's okay. This one goes through November. (laughs) What matters the most is that we're making decisions with our time and our energy and our prayers for us to do things for the sake of Jesus Christ. And maybe it's to grow in my personal faith. Maybe it's to serve others. Maybe it's just a Make a connection. We're overflowing by God's grace. God's grace is washing all through this place, and it's my invitation today to make sure that you get washed up in it too.
So this week, I invite you simply to do two things. Take a look at the calendar you already have. And if it does not create space for you to be with Christ, find some time, five minutes. Go for a walk, talk to Jesus. Do something in the name of Christ every day. Just find some time, squeeze it in, put it in. And take a look at this offering for you as an opportunity to help build this body of Christ so we can be the community to the community that God needs us to be. For God's grace is overflowing, and I want each one of you to experience it in your life and the others that you know to experience it because you're sharing it. To God be the glory. We'll see you downstairs at the ministry fair in a few moments. We'll eat together. We'll see the ministries. We'll make our connection with each other. And God will bless this work. Thanks be to God, and thank you to you. Amen.